Hey everyone, and welcome to the Pet Drop Shipper Podcast. This is episode 12, and in today's episode, I am going to discuss with you all some of the things that I use, the tools, the tricks that I use about following up. So whether it's following up with a vendor, um, manufacturer, distributor, customer, I have a pretty good organizational set, and I use quite a few free tools to help my team. And then the very special part of this podcast is my team. And when I say my team, I am meaning my in-house staff as well as my wonderful virtual assistant team. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with that, but I'm going to go into great detail how to find them, how to vet them, and how to work with them. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, so welcome. And in today's episode, I am going over how to follow up and some of the things that I use in my day-to-day business, how I grow my business and how I work on the business. So one of the most important successful tools when you are growing your business is to work on your business and not in your business. And what does that really mean to some people? Um, A lot of people will say to me, oh, that's easier said than done. And I couldn't agree more. Working for yourself, being a small business, being an entrepreneur, whether you're a groomer or in the pet industry at all, or if you are a personal assistant or a life coach or a regular fitness coach or whatever the business may be, working for yourself has its advantages and disadvantages. And when things are not going your way, it is very difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I have these conversations constantly with other people in other industries, as well as some of my own family members that have their own businesses. And we all discuss the same thing. It's a blessing and a curse at times, but it's yours. And that's something that's been ingrained in me since I've been very young, working corporately, and then finally starting to venture out on my own. And I believe me, I have had my moments where I really wasn't sure what to do next and how to do it next. And it was burnt out and fried. So I'm going to share with you guys some of the things that I've learned along the way. And then again, the second part, like I said, about the they're amazing and wonderful. They can be a huge asset to your business. The expression, do what you do best and hire out the rest. Virtual assistants are really popular. There are, and I'll put links to the websites in the bio below. But if it's a temporary work thing that you just need help with following up, setting up data for your website, customer emails, following up emails, blast emails, even social media content, a virtual assistant can be found anywhere in the world to do any kind of work, to do any kind of business. And it's really been a game changer for myself, as well as some of our dropship clients and some of our manufacturers. I speak to people about it all the time. So, but first I wanna discuss about the follow-ups. In last episode, we discussed global and how, you know, the things that I learned there. And following up is a very important part. Following up just goes to show your intentionality on what you're working on and being able to remind people follow up and it's great because i see it in my emails 
um, I get follow-up reminders within the email. So there's like sent, drafts, and follow-ups. And I really love this. I use our website host company, but I'm sure that there are plenty of others that will have a section and you can find out from your email carrier or provider if there is a way to have a follow-up since you sent an email based on that term, follow-up. They, they, they literally will go into a separate folder for me for follow-up. So that's a really great option. The other thing is, is I set a, a time aside a particular day of the week that I will go through every one of my follow-ups. So I have my planner. I love my planner. I discuss the Rocket Book planner with you guys. I love it that it's sustainable. I love it that I could dry erase. I love it that I could take pictures and clean the book out and just use those pictures as follow-ups. I could print those pages. So for me, I just take a page in my planner, writing my, my list of people that I need to contact or things I need to follow up on. And I use my planner. I also use a Google Drive sometimes. I have my 168 hour work week schedule. So if you've not seen that episode, it's a previous episode. However, 168 hours is a Excel spreadsheet, Sunday through Saturday or however you wanna create it, but Monday through Friday, five days a week, six days a week, whatever it is that you, you need to do. And then you can plug in based on hours or half hours. I believe mine is every half hour. And plug in where you're the busiest, where you don't have time. And you will see clear as day, once you fill in that timesheet, where you have time to do your follow-ups. And when you're running a small business and you're running it by yourself or you have a team of people, you still need to have an accountability partner. And for me, I've used that 168-hour spreadsheet for years, and I still use it to this day. I use mine every beginning of the year. I review it every month, and I, re I rewrite it every quarter. So I print out four of them every year. Now, I know this is probably OCD, but I run a small company. I have to be that way. I have to stay on top of my things. So I print out four of them. I keep them in a little part of my planner. I have a little folder section and I have my one and it's open on the main page of each month and I move it over and I fill it in and where I have time or extra time, I fill it in. And I fill in everything from the times that I want to be in bed to sleep so I get proper sleep, the times that I'm at the gym working out, the times that I'm meal prepping, the times that I'm doing laundry. I mean, these are silly little things, but as we know, if you don't make time to do those things, the functionality of the rest of your day is not going to be what you need it to be. For me, I'm, I'm a bit of a person that I need to take my Sunday and do the things that I need to do within my household. Laundry, meal prep, food, uh, folding, washing, doing all those kinds of things. I still run a household and I need to take the time to do those things. And ironically, I do these podcasts on a Sunday. I set a time aside and every Sunday I do at least two podcasts. So if you're listening to this, I don't know if you can tell by my tone, but my tone is the same as the previous podcast because I just did that one a few minutes ago. So that I think it's really important to take a look at the 
168 hours for your sanity, for your well-being, for you to be able to then map out where you have time to do these follow-ups. So to me, that would be step number one. Make a 168-hour calendar. You can download one right off of our Google Drive and fill it in. And I filled mine in so that you guys can see some of the places and how I did it. So if you're like, I don't know what to do with this, it's, it's somewhat filled in based on my own particular life. And I review it all the time and print them out from that. So I want to be in bed by 9 o'clock because I get up at 5. So that time frame, I need to be sleeping. Um, I, need, I need that much sleep. So that's the first part of the follow-up. The second part of the follow-up is setting aside that time during the week. So for me, Wednesdays is the easiest day. It's the middle of the week. I, it allows me to have a little bit more clarity. Monday, Tuesday, I kind of get into the office. I hit the ground running. I'm following up with whatever it could be. And again, I like to be as open as possible. It could be, I didn't receive an order. Um, my order is missing something, uh, or whatever the case may be. A vendor it needs to follow up for a delivery. Could be any amount of things that, that needs to be done. So, but it's important that for me, Wednesdays is like a middle of the weekday. I'm preparing slowly to move into the two or busier days. Thursdays and Fridays are extremely busy for me. And then Saturday and Sunday are my days to kind of reset my schedule for the next week. So it's like that middle of the week day that allows me to reset and focus on what's the most important task. So once you figure out what day that is, it could be a Tuesday, it could be anything. I'm really a big advocate of you guys taking some time to really look through where you can have some mental clarity time being in the office a little earlier, being in the office a little later, coming in later and working from home when everybody's out of the house and it's nice and quiet, getting up at five like I do. You know, there's lots of these books, five hour, the 5 a.m. club. I'm, I like to do the audio stuff. And one that I've, I've really enjoyed is the masterclass, which is a subscription but the first one I ever listened to was Kris Jenner. And she says that she gets up at 5 a.m. I mean, the woman is running an empire. Let's keep it in perspective. Whether you agree with their lifestyle or not, that has nothing to do with running a business. They're running a business. Their family is their business. She gets up at 5 a.m. So I, I've heard the 5 a.m. from her. I heard the 5 a.m. from Richard Branson. I've heard the 5 a.m. club book. So for me, I'm like, okay, there's, maybe there's something about that number five. Who knows? So I get up at 5 a.m. Does that mean that I get up, hit the ground running? No, I get up at 5 a.m. and I slowly move into my day, having the coffee, letting the dogs out, you know, brushing my teeth, drinking some water, uh, opening up my planner, looking at what's going to be done for the day before I even open up my laptop or check my email. If you like to exercise early, you get up, you exercise early, do, do whatever it is that you need to do. The most important thing is that you have to have some level of self time because that's going to make you feel more productive. Wow, I've been up since five and I, I did all of these things and it's only 8.30. Yes, there will be days where I feel like it's two o'clock in the afternoon and it's 10 a.m. because I've done so much stuff and as an entrepreneur, you have to do it all until you can afford not to. This is one of my lines that I'd love to use. You have to do it all until you can afford not to. So 
Use the 168 hours, use a Google planner, use a paper planner, use your iPhone planner, your Google calendar, which by the way, I have an iPhone. I have Google on my iPhone and I have a Google calendar that syncs to the iPhone so that when my laptop is open, it now has my iCalendar for my iPhone in the Google calendar on my phone on my desktop. So all of my calendars are synced up. Yes, this is some of the stuff that has to be done for you to keep up, right? We have iPhones, but yet our computers are PC, so now we're on Google. So now we have to co-mingle. I'm not gonna get a different phone. I'm used to the iPhone, and that's the story with that. But anyway, to segue back into the have to do it all until you can afford not to, let's talk virtual assistants. I have virtual assistants. I will never, ever not say that I have a virtual assistant. Some people will say, you know, that's none of nobody's business. Why are you discussing that? How you have, you know, remote employees. Everyone has remote employees. People were working remotely during COVID. So because you worked for an organization local to you, you worked at a bank and you worked in from home doing whatever stuff you needed to do, does that mean that you're a virtual assistant? Not necessarily, you work for the organization, but a virtual assistant can turn into a full-time employee or a part-time employee that's been with you for a long time. So let's talk virtual assistant. You have, which I use Upwork, that's www.upwork.com. I love their feature of being able to see the visual of what your person is working on. You can hire every single Thing that needs to be done for your business. Virtual assistants can cost you $4 an hour or they can cost you hundreds of dollars an hour, depending on what your budget is and depending on how comfortable you are hiring somebody outside the country. I will be the first person to say I have had virtual assistants since before COVID. And just to help me with data collection and image collection. I mean, these are very tedious things that as a small business owner, you may not have time to do. Following up with emails, creating blast emails, creating social media. I mean, the list is endless of the things that you can find someone to do. So you have Upwork, there's Fiverr, which I've used them as well for data collection. And I, I find that I personally like Upwork. I'm comfortable with them. I know their platform. They actually used to be elance.com. And Upwork, I found elance from the four-hour workweek book. So I'm going to pull that up really quick. The four-hour workweek book was written by Tim Ferriss. Now, if anyone follows Tim Ferriss on social media, He's super high energy. He's got lots of great insights. I love Tim Ferriss. This book, I gotta take a look at this. When was this book written? I wrote, I read this book years ago. I mean, years and years. It was written in 2009. And he, the, the title on this four hour work week is, this is a whole new ball game, highly recommended book. It says, escape nine to five, live anywhere, join the new rich, expanded and updated version. Okay. So I personally like my nine to five. I like my company. I like what I'm doing. I'm enjoying it. It has its moments of difficulty like anything else. But 
the takeaways from this book, which I didn't even think I was going to get into this right now. I would love to interview with him. He's super high energy. His story is in the beginning of the book. So if you're not interested in hearing the story and you just want to get to the bits and pieces, you can um, listen to it on Audible. I personally use Audible. Sometimes I can find these books on YouTube. Um, but he does discuss having assistance and virtual assistance. So like I said, I found Elance from him in 2009. So I've been using Upwork, which is now Upwork, not Elance, since 2009. So I'm really, really a big fan of that platform. And like I said, you can find somebody to do everything. So let me go over some of the things that I have used Upwork for. I have Upwork people working for me for a couple of years now. These girls are, and guys, are highly dedicated. They are committed to the work. They are willing to go above and beyond. They are willing to learn, which today we're at a phase where I'm not able to look for somebody to teach them how to do something, unless it's something extremely unique. But I can guarantee you, you can find somebody on Upwork that will be able to do exactly what it is that you need to be done and they have experience doing it. When we first started drop shipping in 2013, full on, drop shipping really wasn't that, it wasn't that popular. It wasn't that high intention. It didn't have a high requirement or request. So for me, I did do a lot of teaching of what it is that needs to be done. And you will need to teach them how to do certain things, of course, how to respond to your emails. I've had a virtual assistant, like I said, um, help me with data collection, going over manufacturers' websites. You know, manufacturers don't provide all of this data. We hire them to help us do that by collecting the descriptions, the ingredients, the crude analysis, the images, the lifestyle images, resizing images using their Photoshop. I mean, these are small daunting things that a business owner may not have time. Social media management, blast email management. You will have to break any kind of nervousness or concern around giving a person access. They are not interested in hacking your email to collect your credit card to then buy anything online. Upwork manages these people and vets them to making sure that they have credentials. And you can look at people who just started out or you can look at people who are looking to make a life for themselves and have a lot of experience. I looked the other day for someone, for something, and I couldn't get over how much business this person had created for themselves. I mean, it's really astonishing and exciting. I'm proud of them and I don't even know them, but it's exciting. So emails, if your email box has more than 500 to 1,000 emails, you need help cleaning out your email. Let them respond to your emails. Create a signature template with an autoresponder that they can just just drop down. I have so many of them. People will email me for a request for my catalog, for example. I have an email that says, thank you for your interest, blah, blah, blah. Here is a link to my full database catalog. Well, it's not a full database, but my Excel price list, boom, right there. It's in an email. I don't have to type it, think about it. It's 
I just use the drop down in my email for the salutation to change from my original, that's my regular salutation, you know, with my name and the company information and that little picture I have. And then you have these others. I mean, I must have at least 20 of them. Create an autoresponder in your signature. Allow someone to go in. It's going to take them a little bit of time to learn what emails are what. But what you could tell them is, hey, I want you to look through all these emails. Look for the emails where customers are requesting this. Please use this signature to respond to that. And then they can start doing that. And then they can mark as new if it's not an email that responds to that. Let them help you clean it out. Let them create folders for specific email addresses or companies that you want to have go to a specific folder that you only manage. So for example, if you are buying from Pet Drop Shipper and you want to have all of the emails that come from info at Pet Drop Shipper go into a specific folder, then you can see those emails in there directly. You can say, I only want to deal with these emails. You can also have them unsubscribe for you and clean the living daylights out of that. My personal email box, I don't even want to get into it, has so many emails. I hired somebody. It took them a week to clean it out. Virtual assistant. That's all they did. It was not an ongoing job. It was just a one-time job. Cleaned it out. I changed the password. Done. They unsubscribed to every single email, whether it was Home Depot or Target uh, I, I can't even get Sephora. I mean, I don't need to see all those emails. I'm so busy. If I need something, I will go online and look for it and buy it. So, I mean, that's one little thing. Then once you have someone who is does a great job, you can offer them an extended contract where you can give them anywhere between five and, and 50 hours if you wanted to. They can work on U.S. time if they're outside the country and they're very inexpensive they can work on, they, some of them don't want to work on U.S. time. Um, I can understand that. I, I have some that work on U.S. time and some that may not work on U.S. time simply because it's not normal, right? Like you and I don't want to work an overnight shift perhaps. So for me, I don't expect that from somebody else, especially if it's just data work, if it's just email cleaning out. They don't have to do that on, on our time. They, they don't need to communicate with you. Now, if you're using a VA to answer your chat on email on on your website yes that person will probably need to work during u.s hours if they're outside the country you can hire somebody within the country and you can find very inexpensive american-based employees to work your chat to work your inbox whatever the case may be if you can think that you need help with this even if it's just to clear it off your plate, do it. If it's to do marketing, social media, do it. If it's to do blast emails, do it. I mean, I have a, a little list here and, and I go over this constantly. So just to give you an example, let me find this paper here. Um, here, so some of the things that my VAs do to share with you. Um, so when you register for an account on Pet Dropshipper, you have to be approved because we're business to business. So I have an assistant do that. Um, I have an assistant email customers if there's an out of stock and if we have an alternative. 
And these are the same people that help me with the product listing. So they know these types of things. They know the products. They know all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think. I have one that does just does my social media um, information. I have one that does um, my personal email box. Like I said, my inbox before I had her was... I mean, there was like 5,000 emails in there. What am I, I, I literally wanted to just wipe the whole thing empty. But at the same time, my landscaper would email me and say, hey, um, we're whatever, a week behind. I need to see that because people don't necessarily call anymore. They'll text, they'll send um, emails, but no one's calling you to say, hey, your landscaper is going to be a week behind because whatever. So I need to take a look at that. Or... People will send contracts to re do repairs in, in your home. So if it's your personal email address, you can't just wipe it out. So you definitely need to be able to, to manage that. So, I mean, these are just a couple of little examples. However, let me now get back to the 168 hours. You need to also set some time apart where you're managing what these assistants are doing for you. Because now you're moving into a management role where you're working on your business and not in your business. This will free you up mentally, but it also is a whole new set of work skills. Organization is very important. Communication is very important. You can't expect an assistant who's not working at your office or at your shop or at your business to be able to know all the goings on and all the intricacies of those types of things, right? So you need to be able to be available, especially in the beginning to communicate with them and then following up. So the second thing that I like to use is I love Asana. Now there are lots of different platforms. You have Slack, Asana. Oh, let me see, I'm gonna Google this one now. So, um, and if I Google Asana, you have Monday, you have, um, Workstream, you have Asana, like I said, you have, um, I'm just trying to see. Okay, so here's a little thing that I just found on the internet while I'm recording this with you guys. The top five project management tools, Monday, Smartsheets, Write, ClickUp, so Zoho, and Resource Guru. Now, these are all very new. I've been using Asana for years. I use, I do use Slack. Um, because some employees um, that I've worked with like Slack. Slack will integrate with Asana. I personally like Asana. It's what I use. I stick to it. These virtual assistants can be invited to a board on Asana. Those boards then allow you to share files. Um, you create. I like the board version because it looks like little post-it notes. It's just me. But having a set up dates and times for you to manage your life and your business to then hire someone to help you with the tasks in that business and then having the platform to monitor what's being done like an Asana, like a Slack is critical to working on your business. These are so fundamentally important. And again, Upwork, if you're using them or you're using Fiverr, they have a chat section where you can message. So if you have more than one person, you could create a team. There are so many nuances to these companies. All of them are free. You heard me. I do not pay for any of this stuff. Yes, I pay for the employees. That's, that's a given. 
but Upwork does, Upwork does charge you a percentage, but it comes from them. It comes from the percentage on the employee. So the employees have to pay Upwork a commission. Asana is free. I use them all the time. It's no different than using a social media tool to, to manage that. So again, let's recap. Having your 168 hours in front of you on paper. Visual is better sometimes. You want to use it in Excel? Great. I, 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 like, a, I like a paper version. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm going to say that all the time. So I like the paper version. Then from there, I designate specific times. You know, uh, Wednesdays, as I said, is my day to kind of recap. Then Thursday night at 5 o'clock, I like to follow up with certain things, see where the, the VAs are at. Then every Sunday, I do things like this. I do my podcast recording. I'm doing my podcast recording while I'm doing laundry, just to say. But that being said, I review this work every Sunday. And then from there, I'm reviewing what needs to be done and prioritizing. 80-20, right? 80% of my business comes from 20% of my productivity. So where am I more productive? So I'm looking into that. I do them the beginning of the month. I do them throughout. And then I, I recap them. I just revise them. Every Sunday, I revise. Let me give my girls the work that needs to be done. I delegate. Delegation, number one. Ooh. And then I go over them quarterly. So I like to look at them on a quarterly basis to see and make sure, listen, this is another part of managing people. And if you're managing people and this is all kind of silly to you, kudos to you. But there are a lot of people out there that just get so overwhelmed and they just don't even know where to begin. So I'm here to help you communicate better, help yourself save yourself from yourself by thinking that you can do it all. I used to think I could do it all. I'm like, I'm a rock star. I'm going to get it done. Until then, I realized my laundry was piled up to the sky. I was eating terribly, didn't have any time or energy to go to the gym. And, and that's it. The gym is my hobby, by the way. Some people have a hobby that I like to bake. That's my hobby. So I know that a lot of people say, oh, you have the time to do that um, X, Y, and Z. Th that's my hobby. Everybody has a hobby. It's an hour. It's an hour workout. That's all I'm saying. I will tell you this, and I tell my husband all the time, please never not force me to go to the gym because my energy is through the roof when I go to the gym. So it's literally my own best friend. I'm my own drill sergeant when it comes to that. I have more energy. I sleep better. Definitely eating better because I'm not trying to waste all that hard work on eating poorly. Although we had Chinese food last night, don't tell anybody. So, and then, so going over all that stuff, going over it quarterly, going over recapping it every Sunday and delegating new tasks. And then once a month revamping. So what I was getting at was sometimes you'll find a VA that it's not working out and you'll have to tell that's why it's important to tell them this is a temporary thing can you help me with this if this person is communicating with you beautifully they're articulate sometimes i love when a va writes an email because they're not writing it in my tone and as a business owner sometimes our tone is not the nicest tone you know we're 
we're frustrated or it's a situation where we're not happy with something, you don't want to write that email. Let someone else write that email for crying out loud. Let them write the email. You'll read it and say, oh my God, this person is, she writes so pretty or he writes it so professionally. Let someone else do it. You cannot do it all. So that person may be a great fit and you can say, hey, would you be interested in taking on more tasks? And then th that person takes on more tasks. And there you go. You found yourself a part-time indefinite employee so long as you'll have them. Now, the flip side is, that if you're using a VA where maybe they have more work than, they're, than they can handle, because sometimes they, a VA will do that, I've had that experience, or perhaps it's a VA outside the US and they say that they speak fluent English, but you can tell just by the writing or the communication that it's really not the case. You can just tell, and the contract, you can just tell them, I really appreciate your time, please finish out the week. I'm no longer going to be in need of your service. It's not like letting somebody go face to face. If that's not your strong suit and you, this is much easier. This is like breaking up a, on a text message or if you um, will get this underlying, it's like breaking up on a post-it. If you know what that's about, more power to you. Excuse me. So that being said, you find one that you like, great. Keep them, hold on to them. You find one that you're not really crazy about, you move on and you find another one. You can interview them. I've even gone to the point where I've had them help me with one or two things, some small little projects, and it was beautiful and I decided to offer them the job. It's no different than an interview. You will be able to tell right away that that person is open to the position when they communicate with you right away. Now, like I said, whether they're outside the country and there's a 12-hour time difference, send the message at 8 o'clock at night, our time, and let's just hypothetically say they're um, 12 hours away, which is like the Philippines, and you send them a message at 8 o'clock in the morning, your time, that's 8 o'clock at night, their time, or vice versa, 8 o'clock at night, our time, is 8 o'clock in the morning, their time, they should get back to you pretty quickly. If there's no response, you move on. You find someone else. You look for another person. On Upwork, you'll create a job. There will be people. I posted a job yesterday. Within 24 hours, like 24 people respond to that email. You will not be able to not find someone. It's impossible. There are so many people out there to work remotely, stay-at-home moms, people who perhaps had some hardship and they have to work from home. It, it, it doesn't matter. The, the, the possibilities are endless is all I'm saying. So do yourself a favor, be kind to yourself, take a little bit. If your budget is really tight, you can find someone outside the country. Like I said, I've gone through Upwork and seen people looking for $4 an hour. I, I, I'm all about looking to to hire the right person is more important than where they are in the world. Hiring the right person is more important than what they're expecting. So do, do yourself a favor. Do your research. Look at American-based. Look at outside the U.S.-based. Look at their area of expertise. You have to start somewhere. And by giving yourself the freedom to be able to hire a VA 
be able to free up your time a little bit so you have a little more mental clarity, you have a little bit more um, release of your own tension and pressure of having to do it all, you will be so grateful and happy with yourself that you, you really won't even know what to do with the extra time, which is silly because I can think of a thousand things to do with the extra time. So that being said, I would love to hear from everybody. If anybody has any questions, please DM me. I'm going to have a bunch of links in the bottom. I really appreciate your time, and I hope that the takeaway here works for you all. I wish you all the best and much success. Thank you for your time. Take care. Till the next episode. Bye.